Today I'm not feeling like recording, like talking about anything, especially not this topic, and I'm really afraid. I think I'm really afraid of the judgment or even the pity that might come as a consequence of this video, but the shame and fear are going to be very important emotions that we discuss throughout this video. It's very, it's very prevalent to the issue that we're talking about, and that is abusive relationships. <laughs> Can you see why I wasn't so excited to talk about this? All right, let's just jump right into it. The statistics I'm about to read are from the Canadian Women's Foundation. I will link their website below. They state 67% of Canadians know a woman who has experienced physical or sexual abuse. Indigenous women are killed at six times the rate of non-Indigenous women. 6,000 plus women and children sleep in shelters on any given night because it isn't safe at home. Okay, the WHO estimates that one in three women worldwide have experienced either physical and or sexual intimate partner violence or non-partner sexual violence in their lifetime. Um, it's a lot of people. That is a lot, a lot, a lot of people. I think that these statistics are underreported and I don't think that it's all-encompassing of the abuse a lot of people face. Um, I think one in three is probably more accurate and that a lot of people, especially in Canada, maybe kind of go without reporting. I know tons of people who have experienced physical or sexual abuse and they haven't said anything there's no reports there's no trace there's no nothing so you know yeah i i just think that it's it doesn't quite accurately represent what's going on when i was thinking about starting something like this where i talk to a camera um i was thinking like what the hell do people want to hear what what are they ever going to want to hear from me and i have been writing a whole bunch of different ideas and the things that I've been through because that's all I can speak from and abusive relationships was one of them but I kind of talked myself out of it like what's the point you know who cares it's gonna just bring everyone down and that's not the stuff that people want to see or hear but then there have been a couple of instances of young women who I've seen no one that I'm close to or that I know of, I don't even know their names, but seeing young women who have bruises on their wrists um, and sort of arguing with myself and having this inner dialogue like, oh, they're fine. You know, it, can't, it can't be from a physical assault. It can't be because they're in an abusive relationship. And trying to convince myself that they hit their arm against the wall or something ridiculous like that. Um, but the probability of getting bruises around your wrists that look like fingerprints from hitting the wall is impossible. You know, you're not getting bruises like that. And, and why is it that I'm convincing myself these ladies, these young women that I'm seeing are immune when one in three women aren't? When the statistic says that it's one in three women, over half of Canadians 
know a woman who's experienced physical or sexual abuse that's a lot of people that's a lot of people who are familiar with and who know of violence happening to girls and women and I don't want to exclude men I'm not sure of the statistic again it says one in four but I think that it's likely more than that not often are men reporting experiences of abuse man I don't even know where I want to start this video and what I want to lead with start off with this i think a lot of people have stereotypes on what an abusive relationship is um, i think people have a lot of ideas on what it looks like the kind of person that gets themselves stuck in an, an abusive relationship why they haven't left what it says about the victim or survivor of of the abuse um, but in my opinion i think it's a whole load of bullshit I think that what we have learned, the very little bit that we've learned um, and what's reported and what's out in the media doesn't encompass the entirety of the intricacies in, in, in an abusive relationship and what goes on inside of the mind of someone who's being abused. It doesn't. Like, I've read so many articles and it talks about shame and the destruction of your self-esteem, the honeymoon stage. If I'm sure a lot of people are familiar typically in an abusive typically like what do I like as if every relationship's the same but you know it starts off with the honeymoon phase lots of love lots of excitement lots of joy tension builds and then there's a, a moment of abuse and slowly and slowly and slowly it jumps back to the honeymoon stage but the honeymoon stage gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller less of a good time and more tension more tension and then more abuse and and that's kind of how it it, it works but whatever anyway not really going to spend too much time on that um articles also talk about how victims are isolated from their friends and family how they're afraid they live in fear financial insecurity even feeling responsible for their partner's feelings and actions yeah sure a lot of that can be very very true um i think that's true for a lot of women and men who have been abused but as someone who's been in the thick of it all I've never felt like these labels really explained my situation. I remember watching a Rihanna interview with Oprah and in the interview, Rihanna's talking to Oprah. They talk about a lot of things, but they get to this point in the interview where um, Rihanna is kind of explaining her thought process with the abuse that she experienced with Chris Brown. Um, I remember agreeing with everything she had to say and feeling so like that that moment has always stuck with me also feeling like this is someone who understands this is someone who knows and I've been in her shoes weird to say that about Rihanna but <laughs> Oprah ends up saying something along the lines of you know not wanting to tell your friends and family because you know that once you tell them that's all they're going to see your partner for they're only going to see your partner as an abuser Rihanna agrees, but she said something after this that, like I said, has always stuck with me. She talks about feeling protective. Feeling protective over your partner and, yes, knowing that once you tell your friends and your family what's going on, that they're only going to see your partner as this. They're only going to see him as an abuser. Also wanting to save them. I guess maybe I don't know I don't know if I would use the word save but definitely help and knowing that they also need help and that this is such a 
unforgivable act in so many people's eyes, as it should, but so unforgivable that people don't get the help that they need. Hurt people hurt people. And that doesn't excuse anyone's actions ever. You can't claim, oh, well, I was hurt and sad, so I killed them. Like, that doesn't work. You know, that's not logical. But you're also, you don't find yourself in an abusive relationship for the fun of it. You love this person. And that's the thing that doesn't make any sense to people. And it's so much easier to say, yeah, oh, I would never find myself in that situation. Oh my God, if they hurt me, I would just leave. It's not that simple. It's not black and white. Nothing in this world is black and white. You know, you can't be so naive to think that it is truly that simple. If you're in a relationship right now and you've never experienced abuse, think about your partner if you're with someone or a partner that you have been with that you loved so much that you love dearly and you think yeah I would do anything for this person one day maybe I'll marry this person I love this person for who they are no matter what and then all of a sudden they start doing things like they start becoming a little controlling um, and say things like do you really have to wear that out that makes me feel really insecure Or could you take that Instagram photo down? I just don't like what everyone's saying to you. I think that you look maybe too good and I just want you for all myself. Kind of spinning it in a way that it's like, well, it's just because I love you. Or you get into an argument and they call you a name. Or you get into an argument and they grab your wrist too hard. You get into an argument and they put their hand over your mouth or they pull your hair. Yeah, it does escalate, but it doesn't start off with with the abuse that I think people think that it does. It's it's such a slow build. It's so slow that you don't realize how far you're being pushed away from yourself and pushed away from your family and your friends and a safe life. I think the reason why we can be so protective over our partners despite the fact that they hurt us is because We've seen the good in them. We've also experienced, you know, really high, wonderful, passionate moments between the two of us. And it's, it's hard to explain that to somebody who's never been in it. Because like I've said, it's not something that just starts off with, with violence. I just remember being so young and feeling so afraid and protective over the person I was seeing. Despite the fact that they were very abusive. Um, but feeling like nobody understands him, nobody's going to want to help him, and that's what prevented me from telling people and confiding in someone. Because I didn't want them to go to jail, I didn't want them to get charges pressed against them, or um, I don't know, whatever happens when you're found guilty of physical violence or intimate partner violence. Maybe if our society were different, maybe if we treated people who did bad things in a different way and we looked at the source of the problem I maybe wouldn't have been so afraid to confide in someone because I know maybe I would have known that I would get the help that I deserved and they would get the help that that they deserved because let's say my partner were to go to jail 
you know, what's the longest that they really would have gone to jail for? Let's say they go to jail for a year. They're going to come out and what, not do it anymore? That's going to be the lesson? Or they're going to learn how to do it in a sneakier way? Or they're going to be that much more upset and, and take their anger out on more people than just their partner? I don't know. But that doesn't, that doesn't stop the abuse. The abuse doesn't end there just because you put somebody in jail for a short amount of time or for a period of time. That's just a pause button. That's all that it is. There definitely needs to be more reform. It's not like we stay in abusive relationships for the fun of it. There was love at some point in the relationship. You know, we established a bond. It didn't start off like this. And so to completely write somebody off as if they've never meant anything to you, is so painful and especially when someone's meeting you with their hurt when someone's just so destroyed inside and and showing you that it it kills there's no way to explain that kind of pain and torment and confusion if you've never been in it yourself it, it's impossible to explain to somebody unless they've been through it unfortunately i know a lot of women who have experienced violence in a relationship before and almost always they accompany their, their story or experience with the feeling of shame. Always. Like the two are one and the same. To say that you've been abused in a relationship is to say that you've also experienced shame. My question is, what do you have to feel ashamed about? It is honestly the same to me as someone saying that they have anxiety or that they're struggling with some anxiety and them saying, oh man, I'm so ashamed about it. Like, doesn't that feel odd to consider? What the hell do you have to feel ashamed about? What? It's so normalized now. Mental illness and mental health are so normalized that for someone to feel ashamed about their anxiety or depression or OCD or PTSD, like, it would make no sense because it's just so normalized now. I'd be like, oh, how can I help you? How can I support? How are you coping? What do you need? What can I do? That's kind of the response that people are met with now. Not everywhere, of course, and there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, but people talk about it now, and it's so open. Like, there's a discussion that's being, there's a discussion that's going on, and I think that the same attitude shift needs to happen with domestic violence because that is not something that we talk about at all, at all. Because if it were, then all the women I know who have experienced violence wouldn't be so goddamn ashamed about it because you have nothing to be ashamed about. You have nothing to be ashamed about. But for anyone who thinks that you can just leave, just leave, it's like telling someone who's having a panic attack to just calm down, just breathe. Like, as if that's ever worked or as if that will ever work. Like, it's totally dismissive. And the reason why I say you can't tell someone just to leave is because I've heard people talk about it. I've heard people say, like, well, you know, it's like, why wouldn't they just leave? Like, why wouldn't they just, like, tell someone? I don't mean to laugh, but the whole idea is so frustrating and so ridiculous. Now, what I want to say next is directed to the people who have never been in a abusive relationship. Um, there is a lot of shame already felt by us, by the people who've been through it, by the people who are struggling, knowing or feeling like they can't confide in anyone. And so my plea to you is to not worsen that shame. Like I'll never forget I was in my like last year of university or one of my last years of university and 
a girl who I considered to be a friend, um, when I confided in her, she turned to me and she said, wow, Maddie, I never thought that you'd be one of those girls. Like, what does that even mean? Are you calling me weak? Are you saying that you thought I was smarter than this? Are you saying that you thought I was stronger than this? I I don't know, that I had more self-worth? Like, you, do you think I'm less than? Do you think I'm less than you because I'm one of those girls? Do you think you're better than me because you're not one of those girls? You have to be very careful with, with how you speak to somebody who's been through trauma because that's what it is. Mind you, this was a psychology major. Like, we were all getting a degree in psychology ultimately maybe like wanting to help or support people and that was the least supportive and least empathetic response I've like ever gotten for the friends and family of the people who are in abusive relationships don't push them I know it's really hard it doesn't matter how right you are it doesn't matter how much truth or wisdom you have to share when someone's not ready they're not ready don't make them choose don't make them feel bad because they're still dating that person or because they've still seen that person don't shame them it's not my job to convince you that we're not weak or that we're not people who should be pitied Um, you're gonna think whatever you want to think all I can do is talk about my experience people who think that those who are caught up in an abusive relationship or weak have never been through half the shit that you have. They'll never understand you and your power. You are not weak. You are not fragile. You're not a victim. You're strong. You're resilient. You're a survivor. And I don't mean this in a patronizing way. I genuinely mean this in a matter of fact. I let myself believe that I was weak because other people thought that I was weak. The people that I worked with, they didn't understand what I was doing or why I was in the situation that I was. And so they shamed me for it by saying things like, wow, I never thought that you would be that girl or even like horrible, really dark jokes at my expense. Like, you know, you don't want your boyfriend to find out or else, (sighs) isn't that right? If your boyfriend finds out, then he'll, and I'm going to spare people the details, but horrible things that does not that does not say I support you, that does not say I'm an ally with you, that doesn't say I am here for you if you need anything. It's to make fun of me. And I'm sure that you've experienced the same thing. If you've found yourself in a tough situation and people don't understand you, that's their problem. It's not yours. Nor is it your job to educate everyone. You can only speak your truth. It's hard to live in this world if you don't have any support. My only advice for you is to find someone that you can trust. Find someone that you can confide in. You don't have to tell them any everything, but to maybe tell them that you're stuck or that you're scared or that you can't explain all of the details in the situation that you're in, but just that if I, you know, send you this code word or if I tell you this thing over the phone to send help, um but that I'm in a bad spot. It's okay to lean on people, but you have to be able to trust the people that you lean on. My mistake was, I think, just surrounding myself with people in general who didn't have the best intentions for me or who maybe didn't really care at the end of the day. Because I don't really care what the hell society has taught you. Um, When you see that someone is struggling and hurting, like how can you not meet them with empathy? 
what that judgment did for me by by meeting people who were so cruel um, and critical of me and my decisions, I felt helpless. I really felt like I couldn't lean on anyone. I also felt helpless because the support I was getting, the support I was getting from people was not the support that I needed. I think another huge issue with the stigma around domestic violence is the fact that we label people as victims. The word victim does not promote strength. It takes away your power. It makes people seem like they're helpless or that they're damsels in distress or that they can't fend for themselves. Um, and I, I get the point that it's trying to make. I get what the word is trying to do. And I, I don't want to live in this overly PC world. But I'm telling you, that word is just so diminishing. It really does take away from the strength and resiliency that we have. Because I'm here. Like, I am here. To say that I've walked through hell and then come back, if you think that that's weak, then think that we have very different definitions of strength. Like, I have balls made out of steel because I have been and seen stuff that you haven't. And that's what you need to think if you find yourself in this situation. If you've been hurt or harmed by somebody, if you've experienced sexual assault, you are not a victim. You are a survivor. You have strength. You have resiliency. And these are things that people don't always understand. And that is definitely a part of society's fault, part of our education's fault. The fact that we don't talk about this. I never once learned about what it was to be stuck in, a, in an, an abusive relationship. I didn't learn about that at all, ever. Maybe at like a rally or some kind of like uh, function or, or, or whatever. But it wasn't like a part of a curriculum. It wasn't in our sex ed course. Not enough. And aren't we the most vulnerable when we're insecure and we're young and we don't know who we are yet? And all we want so desperately is to be liked, is to feel validated. Like it's the it's a breeding ground for abuse. Something that I've learned is that it does not get better. I don't mean that life doesn't get better. I mean that the relationship doesn't. It doesn't matter how long that honeymoon stage is or how intense and passionate it is. If you are in an abusive relationship and the person that you're with isn't in in the middle of some hardcore therapy 24-7, if they're not reading self-help books and telling their friends and family and seeking help and actually committed to it for a long period of time because this isn't something that's going to change overnight, by the way, then no, yeah, it doesn't get better. It just gets so much worse. It gets so, so much worse. And I know that, listen... I'm talking to you. I know that we bargain with ourselves. We try to convince ourselves that it's going to get better. Like things, look at how happy we are. It's been X amount of months. Nothing's happened. He hasn't even called me a mean word. He's trying. He saw a therapist once last month. No, 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 no. I even have my doubts around that person being in therapy because they can't be wanting to change for you. And I know that's not going to make sense to a lot of people, but nobody should ever want to change because of the person that they're with. It should be because they want to change for themselves. If your partner is saying that I will be different for you, that's, that's, they're, they're missing the mark. 
Because what happens if you leave or what happens if you die or what happens if you break up or, or whatever? If you're no longer in that person's life, would they want that change? Would they still be after that change? Would they have that drive? If the answer is no, then that's not the person you want to be with. They need to change and want to change for the better because of themselves. Otherwise, it's not sustainable. They're going to do whatever it takes to keep you. They've convinced themselves in their mind, no matter how limited they are, that they love you. By the way, love is not enough. Love will never be just enough in a relationship. Never, ever. There's so much more that needs to be done. People should never want to change for someone else. They should want to change because they've noticed something in their lives that they don't like, that they want fixed, that they want to do better at. I can feel inspired, you know, like, oh, my partner, he loves going to the gym and, and how healthy I see that he is and how much joy he gets from going to the gym that really inspires me to finally get going on my journey. And I would like to start jogging again because I miss it and I think that it's really good for me, but that's inspired me. If it has to be something that you would still continue to do whether that person was in your life or not. You have to firmly believe that if all of a sudden you weren't in their lives, like if you died, I'm sorry, morbid, but if you weren't to be in their life anymore for whatever reason, that they would still be doing the change that they claim they want to do or the change that they're doing for you. The reason why this is so important is because changing for another person is not sustainable. Because relationships are rocky. Relationships go up and down. If they really don't want to change and they're putting on a show to win you over, then it's not going to last. I'm hoping that whoever needs to see this video will. And as awful as my experience was, um, I learned a lot from it and I am who I am because of it. I. It was a lesson that I needed to learn. And I'm not saying that, oh yeah, I needed to be hurt and harmed. But it's just, I, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change who I am and I wouldn't change the experience that I've been through. Um, I think that it would be a waste of energy and a waste of time if I thought differently. And so if you're here and if you've survived it, then maybe try to conceptualize it in that way. Like you are here for a reason, you went through that and you're stronger and you're on the other side. Maybe your purpose is to help support other women or boys or people, whoever, who have been through abusive, violent situations. Because a lot of us have. It's not something that any of us are immune to. As much as we'd like to think that we are or that we're better than that or that we're better than some people for having avoided a abusive relationship. Um, but it's not the most democratic thing in the sense that it does disproportionately affect certain people over others. Um, but there are women of all socioeconomic statuses, women of all education backgrounds and walks of life and family and home situations that have been assaulted or violated or abused. To say that you are better than or that someone is weak for having gone through something is so wrong. It's just not true. Do not accept the perceptions or the judgments of other people. They're going to think whatever they want about you, but it's because they don't understand. Because they haven't been through the same situation as you. Oh, something else that I wanted to leave everyone off with. This goes for men and women and everyone in between. When I started realizing that I cannot 
tolerate or handle this abuse anymore was when I started telling myself like what if this were my son or what if this boy were to date my daughter you know someone like this guy were to date my daughter I'm very 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 protective over my hypothetical children I won't let anything happen to them but why is it I'm okay with it happening to me why am I going to roll over and take this abuse once I started thinking about it like that and I'm like oh man I I can't date you any longer I cannot be with you any longer because I'm so afraid of this happening to my child that it puts into perspective that I don't deserve this and that I deserve more abuse is a really funny thing in the way that it's not funny at all it will totally change the way that you think how you perceive things how you perceive yourself your family um you know I had PTSD for a while I was just afraid of like everything and loud noises and sounds and things. I was so stuck in fear. So, 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 so stuck in fear. Um, But again, you know, like I mentioned earlier, also fearing what would happen to them. I care. I have a heart. I care about people. I maybe care about people more than I should. And that may be what got myself in a, a really bad situation was that I was giving my empathy away to someone who maybe didn't deserve it as much as I thought they did. Another thing I want to leave you with is that abuse is not a one-size-fits-all. Um, abusive partners come in all shapes and sizes and looks and creeds and religions. They are all kinds of people. People that you would never suspect as being violent. The dynamic of the relationship can also be very different. There's some people who don't think they have a problem that do blame their violence on the other person. Like, if you didn't do X, then I wouldn't do Z. Or there are people who realize that they have an issue, but they don't want to get help because they're afraid of the judgment. Um, but they're ashamed of what they do. And there are other people who don't feel ashamed. Um, like I said, people who think that they're justified. There are people who misuse substances and do it when they're high or they're intoxicated. There are people who do it only when they're sober. Like, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. And the way that people look and how they get themselves stuck in, in violent, abusive situations are all very different. So don't assume, don't think that you know better just because you read a, an article that said the 10 reasons on why people don't leave relationships. Like, I don't, I don't want to cut them short, but it's to really give the person who's... Ex- We're all experts in our own life. I, I'm an expert in my life and that's it. It might not feel that way to some people who see me making a bad decision and it might not feel that way to you when you watch your loved ones make bad decisions, but they are an expert in their life and they're doing the absolute best that that they can. They're doing everything that they can with the tools that they have. So please, whatever you end up doing, reserve the judgment. Come from a place of understanding. Want to learn about how you can support them, how you can help them. But that only comes from their directive. Be mindful of how you proceed with someone. It might seem like you know the best, but they are the expert in their lives. Anyway, folks, I'm going to end today's video off here. Um, I'm feeling really nervous, really anxious. Um... Anyone in my personal life who watches this, please do not send me pity. I swear to God, I'll be so mad. (laughs) 
um, you don't, I, I don't need to feel pitied. Um, and those who know someone in an abusive relationship, don't pity them either. Just build them up, empower them, remind them that they do not deserve this. And if anyone who is experiencing abuse watches this video, I'm sending you all my love and all of my positive energy. You are going to be okay. You're going to get out of this. You are strong. You are important. You are resilient. And you deserve better. You deserve love. You deserve happiness. And you deserve safety above it all. Stay happy. Stay healthy. See you next week.